I'm Carrie. And I'm Emily. And if you, like us, are slightly on the nerdy side and have an interest, fascination or musing for anything historical, then we have the podcast for you. Our podcast, A Nice Cup of History, takes a historical event, place or person and delves into the facts, fictions and myths surrounding it, all whilst enjoying a nice cuppa or sometimes something stronger. Each week, we finish with a special segment we call Ridiculous Deaths, which looks into the absolute bizarre ways some people have died or survived and what we can learn from them, such as why alcohol and sailing should never go hand in hand on a moonlit night and why bridges and butts don't mix. We are listened to globally, which blows our minds. So if you have any suggestions for topics for us to discuss, please let us know. So come join us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and pretty much anywhere you can get your podcasts from and let's let's get get historical. Hey, welcome back to episode three of the Gourmet Goober. Three is the best number ever. (laughs) Um, as always, I'm the Gourmet Goober, a.k.a. JJ Outlaw. You can find me on Twitter at JJ Outlaw and on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. And I'm here, as always, with my co-hosts in BFF and hubby and partner in crime and all that good stuff, um, Big Daddy. I have so many random titles. I don't know where to go with this. Why don't you just call me Dead Dude? I'm Tiala, and you can find me on... Instagram at Tiala Josie Wills and on the Twitter at Tiala. I love it how you call it the Twitter. I, you know, it's kind of like saying the Ohio State. Now, <laughs> I come from the ball so hard university. I don't think Ball State calls us that, but that's okay. Well, that's going to be my hashtag. So damn, <laughs> do, deal with it. I was thinking it's kind of like my mother calling. You know, the internets, the internets, you know, like plural, like there's like a bunch of them. Yeah, it's like a whole <laughs> bunch of Marvel Cinematic Universes, so thus, I'm on all of them. Oh, see, now you you learn what the MCU stood for last week, and now you just use it anywhere. It's not appropriate to use it anywhere. That's right. <laughs> I, I can read, finally. Well, anyway, if you are still listening... <laughs> We are happy to be here for episode three, and of course, this episode is going to be dropping on Mother's Day. So, first of all, happy Mother's Day to all of you moms out there, to my mom and all of yours, um, whether you're um, stepmom, foster mom, adoptive mom, pet mom like I am. Play mom. Play mom. Play mom? What's a play yeah, mom? Yeah. You know the mom, you know, you count when, you know, you get in trouble, then you have to find another mama because... You know, you had to run, you had to run from your real mom in the switch. Well, see, my mother was from the south, so the play moms around me—they were all waiting with the switch. Yeah, I was like, your mom. You know, some moms got the switch. Your mama had a whole damn tree. My mother had the community of play moms waiting for me. So where could mm-hmm. I have gone, right? Uh-huh. Anyway, happy Mother's Day to all of those. Moms out there, we're really super psyched about it. Um, so, as always, we always like to start the Gourmet Goober, but um, it's a show. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thrown off by the play moms comment. That's really funny. But, um, you know, we always like to start off their podcast by talking about our week. So, how was your week, Big Daddy? How was my week? My week was, for the most part, uneventful. I uh, would like to give a shout out to 
you know, all my uh, all my colleagues and all the people that I encounter on the blue line and the brown line, you know, some of them I'm cool with, some of them really need to chill. But for the most part, yes, I have a pretty decent week. What about you, Big Mama? <laughs> well, my week was actually, oh my gosh, really super crazy busy. Um, I think I may have mentioned it several podcasts ago, well, episode one, <laughs> we're on episode three now, that, you know, I'm starting a new position and so part of that includes training so I start that this week um so it's going to be a 40-hour um, mandated training on domestic violence and issues related to that so it's going to be kind of heady with some of the other work that I do which is grant writing um that said um my week is was pretty pretty great and I'm super excited for a couple things that are coming up one is this week coming up is our anniversary. Woohoo! For those of you who may not have caught from the original intro, Big Daddy and I have, gosh, how long have we known each other? I mean, I know we're celebrating 14 years anniversary, married, but we've known each other for what? Half of our lives. <laughs> yeah, half our lives. Like we met when we were 18. Swing those sweet <laughs> chariots. Okay, now that kind of makes me feel old now that we've known each other half our lives. Especially since it's kind of funny how we, well, okay. We've already discussed in the first podcast how Big Daddy does not remember how we met when it's for the best. <laughs> hey, I remember the important things. Just maybe not the first thing. But yeah, um... It's kind of funny because the second time we met, actually, I was actually his RA in college. <laughs> she wrote me up, y'all. Yeah, I, I actually wrote Big Daddy up. To be fair, it's not my fault, though. You actually broke the rules. I, I was I was a strict but fair RA, I'd like to say. <laughs> she was a strict and fair by the book. You know, resident assistant. Yes. I have ever... I may have uh, partaken of a few drinks during my early college career. And, and we lived in a wellness hall where that was not allowed. And his roommate, to be fair, it was your roommate's fault that you were written up by me. And everyone was laughing because they were like, you guys are best friends. We actually thought you were dating. Why are you writing him up? Because he broke she, the rule. He was playing it by the book. I'm like... <laughs> Can a brother, like, you know, slide a wine cooler out? Just no, kinda say, no, no, yeah, I'll pour you out in front of you, doing, you know, <laughs> I promise to do better, you know, by the code. But, you know, somebody had to play it by the book, so that's okay. I still wiped you. I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We've known each other since we were, you know, you know, powder blue rockerwear suits white Nikes. I don't know if I ever wore rockerwear in college, but yes, we've known each other since that long, so... Gosh, since we were 18 and, but yeah, next week, going back to what I'm looking forward to is that next week um, will be 14 years that we've been married and we've been together for over 20. So really super excited about that and this new venture that we're doing with the podcast. And so, yeah, um, even though I know I have a busy week ahead. Definitely looking forward to celebrating that. And then the other thing that I'm looking forward to, because I'm just that geeky, is I just found out that for those of you who are fans of Bob's Burgers, Bob's Burgers is actually going to be a movie. Um, 
Disney, which owns Fox Studios, which produces Bob's Burgers, just announced that on July 17, 2020, the first Bob's Burgers movie will come out. And as Big Daddy can tell you, I'm really obsessed with that show more than maybe I should. Why don't you give us a background, like Bob's Burgers, for, you know, those who aren't initiated. <laughs> no, Bob's Burgers, you haven't seen it before. It's... I'm I'm one of those people who like really subversive entertainment, and you can't get more subversive than the show. <laughs> um, it's about a family. Um, it's an animated series. It's an animated series. They own a restaurant in this nondescript um, coastal town. It's you know the father Bob Belcher, his wife Linda, who is crazy and she loves musicals and she sings every other word and she's just hysterical. And then there are three children, Jean. Um, Louise and Tina. And Tina is my spirit animal. I, I, I aspired to have Tina's sense of confidence. But my but husband... But you have her rabbit ears, right? Well, no, no. That's Louise. You secretly, oh, I'm sorry. You, that's true. My husband secretly thinks that I'm Louise. <laughs> you have Louise-like characteristics. I have Louise-like tendencies. Sometimes, yes. Your ability to scheme sometimes is Louise-like on the turn. Okay, he he's saying that on the, on, he, my husband is most likely saying that because when I was a kid, I may have had a few Louise-type schemes that I ran in the past. Yeah, she was on the plot in turn. At least that's the, uh, the, the intel I got from uh, siblings and uh, college <laughs> cohorts. No, no, let's just be honest, it was my dad who ratted me out. And father's. <laughs> Your daddy put put you on, <laughs> gassed you up. That's okay. I which got, I was, got which 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 scheme was it? Was it the one where I was selling gloves to my sixth grade classmates because we were dissecting frogs, and my mother, who was a nurse, had all these medical gloves laying around the house, so I sold them. Or was it the candy that I hustled to my classmates because they couldn't get all the dilators and the good hood. Hood candy because they live in the suburbs. <laughs> I don't know. I'm putting my money on the candy version, but <laughs> hey, whatever flow, you know, whatever got you that change, go on, make that money. I'm cool with that. You know, they should start calling you as opposed to Nipsey Hustle. They should have called you like a little Tootie Hustle. <laughs> well, my dad did call me Rockefeller. So. There you go. Rock <laughs> So maybe I wore Rockefeller before Rockefeller was cool. Hey. There you go. <laughs> make that money. No, if you haven't seen Bob's Burgers, though, it is really one of my favorite shows. I've actually seen, and I realized this the other day, I think I've seen every episode of Bob's Burgers that was ever made. Seriously, I've even seen the porn parody, which... <laughs> what, what? What? There's a porn parody of Bob's Burgers. I told you about that. I am just shocked. Okay, don't listen to him. Okay. I am shocked and appalled. Okay. I am just... Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god, I got, oh, Seriously. I am just, I don't know what to think of you right now. Oh my goodness. Oh, my bars and stars. Uh, okay, if you could stop feeling, graphing your imaginary pearls for a minute. First of all, if you're a fan of Bob's Burgers, seriously, I, I'm not advocating, look, whatever your feeling is about watching porn, that's your business. However, there is this hysterical version of Bob's Burgers that it's put out by a company called Wood Rocket. <laughs> and to be fair, I did not watch the whole thing. So if you don't want to see Bob and Linda get down, because 
in the end, I decided, it's like, oh my god, I'm so invested in these characters. I can't watch them actually have sex, even though I know they're not the real people, but they look too much like them. But there is a porn parody of Bob's Burgers, and it's set in the restaurant. And you did see part of it, because I showed you, because the guy who plays Teddy in the porn parody really looks like the character Teddy and sounds like the person Teddy from the cartoon. To the point where we looked it up, we're like, dude, is this the same guy? Because <laughs> he nailed the voice. <laughs> but it's hysterical. They even have... Oh, stop. They even have a section of the, <laughs> the show. I am chill turning <laughs> in the book of Jezebel. <laughs> Look, I am a grown ass woman, okay? I am not ashamed to admit I've seen this parody because it is hysterical. And on Mother's Day, too. <laughs> oh, my Lord. That's okay. I, I, I get it. You've had a life before me. <laughs> I this came out while we were married. I told you about this. I know nothing. I speak. <laughs> The word of the good luck. <laughs> yes, I get it. I understand. You have subversive taste. Anyway, the porn parody, if you happen to have a chance to see it, is hysterical. It's not very long. It's about maybe 30 minutes. It's super short. And if you are just wanting the the hilarity of the interaction between Bob and Linda, most of it's Bob and Linda talking, but there is a segment of, if you watch Bob Burgers, there's... One of the characters is Tina, and she is a 13-year-old girl who is going through her um, sexual maturation at the same time that she is um, kind of interested in zombies. <laughs> so she writes this stuff called erotic friend fiction, <laughs> which is not as racy as it sounds for those of you clutching your imaginary pearls. Mm-hmm. So usually it's like mm-hmm. PG-13 level mm-hmm. stories that she writes about her friends and sometimes zombies get involved with them. Yes. <laughs> and this is actually in the porn parody. But don't worry, she's you don't see any you, yeah, know, you don't see any it. naughtiness with her in her segment. It's okay. just there to make you laugh. But if you want to watch the parody, Bob and Linda don't get it on until the end. Okay. So you can stop at that Wait, point, like I did, because okay. I just couldn't watch it. Wait a minute, I, I'm so, uh, I got so like I got so off the rails here. I'm like, <laughs> were we supposed to be discussing like the Bob Burgers portion of this, or were we look, supposed to talk about the parody? Look, I was tying it into Bob's Burgers because I love Bob's Burgers so much. I saw the porn parody, and and as a side note, I love Bob's Burgers so much. Big Daddy, actually one year from my birthday, gave me a pair of Louise's um, rabbit, pink rabbit ears that she wears in the show. Yes. So I actually have a pair of pink rabbit ears of my very own that sometimes I rock around the house because I feel silly. But That's the, okay. I but, get it. I, <laughs> sometimes when you're not home, I sometimes put the rabbit ears on too. Do you really? Yes, I do. Oh my gosh, I never knew that. Yeah. You know, no shade, no no slides to anybody, you know, but... Yeah, sometimes I put on the the ears and walk around and scare the pets. See, we've been married for 14 years. This is stuff that you you never know about a person. Yeah. I'm just as... <laughs> I'm, yes, I am. So, going back to Bob's Burgers and my discovery of my husband wearing the Louise Belcher 
um, Revenueers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was super psyched when I found out that the movie is coming out. And seeing every episode of Bob's Burgers, I actually dragged you kicking and screaming into watching the show, and now I got you addicted too. Yes, I do. I am, for the most part, I have moments when, yes, I a little bit of Gene pops out at me, and <laughs> I, I do kind of look at some of my coworkers uh, and some of their likenesses to characters within this show. There's one coworker with you. We ain't putting it out there. <laughs> Even though some of my other coworkers know who it is, we're not putting it out there because I don't need that person to find out because sometimes I like to run out of the room running and screaming. It's like, you need to calm that down, Teddy, seriously. Okay, I will not say that, but I think it's hysterical that you think that. Yes, I do. So, so what is your favorite episode of Bob's Burgers? My favorite episode of Bob's Burgers? Oh, I have, I have a few. Uh, I think the one where they play the game... Comparable to 21 where they were like in a arcade type setting and they were like trying to collect tickets to earn a doom buggy. Oh yeah, that was the one that came out this year. That was so smart. It was like a, it was like a parody of Pelham, um, the taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. Yes. They have really great parodies on that show. I have to say that's one of the reasons why I love the show so much. So there's among my favorite episodes, remember the... The musical um, mashup of Die Hard and oh, Working and Girl, Girl right. yes, which is hysterical because Working Girl is like one of my favorite movies of all time, and Die Hard is actually one of your favorite movies. Yes, and we saw the episode together. We're like, oh my god, I never thought they would go together, but they really do. Yeah, they are definitely peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> and then there's the episode where they had like a trilogy of stories, and one of them was actually. Um, a spoof of rock and roll high school, um, including they they went all out. So they had like seventy style hairstyles. Tina had a fro. Um, they remade a couple of the songs from the Ramones that was featured prominently in the movie. So I just thought that was brilliant. But my all time favorite Bob's Burgers movie um, or episode had to have been the Boys for Now episode where. Tina and Louise go to the Boys From Now um, concert, and Louise has been dragging Tina the whole time, like, oh my god, this is so corny, what's going on? And Tina's oh, I'm sorry. the baby was, the one. Yeah, was it, it was Tina was dragging Louise. Oh no, yeah, Tina dragged Louise to the concert, Louise didn't want to go, because yes. Louise is a baby of the group, and she thinks boys are stupid, until she sees Boo Boo, and she has her first crush and i thought the episode was so brilliant because and okay even though i don't like to admit it you were maybe a little right in how you categorized certain parts of my personality like louise yes because i personally kind of had a similar experience um when i realized my first crush because you know guys are stupid and oh my god Joey McIntyre is the shit. <laughs> Wait a minute, are we talking about New Kids on the Block? I confess that to you, yes. New Kids on the Block. Really? The, like, New Edition-esque. Oh, those guys, okay. The Boston guys, yeah. Are, are you going to make fun of me? Like, a, I'm, <laughs> what am I going to say? Look, yes, I like New Edition too, but there was something about Joey McIntyre, okay? That's okay. I, I, get it. I was down with, you know, with 
back in the day, I was a big fan of Five Star and uh, the Good Girls, and I'm sure there were a lot of other like you know girl groups back there that probably changed my life. You know, I'm always like you know Janet will always be my you know my my chick crush for life. Look, there was a lot of crushes back then. Okay. Let's just say I'm really glad that that prayer that you had when you were a kid about, oh, God, I hope I get to marry this person. I'm really glad that God did not answer that prayer because I would have married a lot of crazy people. Like, I did have a crush on Bobby Brown for a while. Bobby I, Brown? Everyone had a crush on Bobby Brown. Don't Bobby? Stop. Bobby. <laughs> Bobby? Bobby? Anyway, yes, Bobby Brown... The king of R&B, Bobby Brown. Look, please stop, Chris. The greatest of all time, <laughs> Bobby Brown. Bobby, oh, Bobby Brown. That oh, was, yeah. Look, it That's was great. every little step I take, Bobby Brown, not like being Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown. <laughs> hey, 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 at least at least brother can cook now. And he looks like he enjoys his food, too. But anyway... Going back to Bob's Burgers and not my humiliating crush of Bobby Brown, Joey McIntyre, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, um, most of the members of Duran Duran. We'll, we'll just follow that. But the great thing about the episode is it kind of captures that whole innocence of, oh my God, I'm like in love with this person and I don't know what to do. And if you've not seen the episode, I don't want to ruin it for you, but the way that Louise decides to resolve these issues of unrequited love is by far the most hysterical and <laughs> just refreshing way of just dealing with those feelings. No, ever. let's just go ahead and get it out of the way now. You know, I'm not going to be the spoiler, but you know, if you were also a fan of uh, the Boondocks, she went all the pimp name slick back on them. Yeah, she, she, okay, fine. Since you went that way. I didn't say she... what she did. I'm just saying, <laughs> hey. I, I, she just went without, you know, the pimp's prayer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, she, okay, she, she did go full, a pimp name slip back on him. But, but it was brilliant. And the great thing is, the wonderful thing about Bob's Burgers is there are lots of different characters and lots of people that weave themselves in and out of the story narrative throughout the seasons. And so what she does in this episode actually comes up in a future episode where Boo Boo appears, and it's just brilliant how Boo Boo recognizes who she is. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm super, super psyched about that. Um, but yeah, I'm totally obsessed with Bob's Burgers. Um, so I'm looking forward to the movie. Um, you know, speaking of Bob's Burgers, you and I were talking the other day because in my session of Bob's Burgers, another great thing about the show is Bob, who runs this restaurant, has a burger of the day. And we were talking about creating our own burger of the day because we just thought it'd be a fun cooking experiment. Yes. And weren't you telling me that you were thinking about, like, what would be on your signature burger of the day if you got a chance to create it? Yes, I did. I, from time to time, I've kind of moved things around and adjusted things, and I was always very reticent about trying to find like the burger that was my signature the burger that if i had the amount olympus of burgers that i would say to myself, <laughs> not the amount of olympus of burgers the amount of olympus of burgers you know the <laughs> you know you know how Ke uh Kelis 
would bring all the, you know, has the milkshake that brings all the boys to the yard. Oh, okay. I'm thinking, like, you know, I gotta have the burger that brings, you know, everybody to the yard. It brings everybody to the restaurant, if I ever had a restaurant, that would say, okay, this is the signature burger. If, let's say we had, a, like, a restaurant, that this would be the burger that, you know, that they would put my name on and say, okay, that's, that's Mr. Outlaw's burger right there. That's his burger right there. And I've, I've gone over a couple different types of, like, uh types or like concepts but i think i have my burger nailed down do you have yours you know i thought i did but after hearing about the mount olympus of burgers i don't know if anything i could come up with would be as good as yours what would be on your mount olympus of burgers just curious how how would you put this burger together because if i could say so big daddy is a connoisseur of burgers so whenever we go out and we try a new burger restaurant you're always talking about what's the best and comparing it to something else. and So, yeah, what would be on your Mount Olympus of burgers? Yeah, I always got to make sure I have a good thing. Because it's always got to be preset with, like, a good thing of fries or onion rings or whatever. But it always has to have a good fry match. But first and foremost, you got to have a burger that, one, has a great name. And I admit, I kind of lack for the name. But if I'm going to call a burger my burger, it's going to be that dude burger. That dude burger. I that like dude that. burger right there. It's gonna be, <laughs> that burger by that dude is going to be that burger by that dude. You know what? That you dude know what? burger. Tell me what's on the burger, and then I will actually put it on the blog so that if everyone wants to make their own that dude burger, and then if you do, I'd love to see it and tweet us and our hashtag with the Gourmet Kubas, the goob, T H A G O B. So, yeah, let's see that dude burger. But first, first, tell us what's on that dude burger, because now I'm kind of curious. Because you built it up. You had this massive buildup with the Mount Olympus of burgers, so you can't let us down. Yeah, I don't have a drum roll on, but I also need to make sure that, you know, when <laughs> I divulge this, that oh, burger. Oh, wait a minute, you're not going to share it now? No, no, I just need to, I just need a caveat, first and foremost. So if I could drop an LLC or, like, you know, make sure it's not a cop that is copywritten. <laughs> Because I need to make sure that, like, nobody drops the copycat on me. See, there's Dad Do Burger. But I need to make sure that, like, you know, the McDowell's people don't come look for me. Because there's McDonald's. So, in other words, you're just going to copy a McDowell's. No, no, I'm not going to copy a McDowell's. I need, to make sure I need to make sure McDowell's don't copy me. See, they're McDonald's. The other people in McDowell's. Now, are you talking about the real McDowell's, or are you talking about... Is there a real the, McDowell's? The Winter Circle. Yeah, but they was doing it just to be funny. They and, do it every year. And for yeah. those of you guys who don't know, we live in Chicagoland, and one of the best places, since we're talking about burgers, to get a burger is actually um, this restaurant. Um, and what neighborhood is it in? Uh, no, it's south of Wrigleyville. It's not Lakeview, right? It might be south of Lakeview, but I, I want to say, we'll say Lincoln Park. Okay. There's this restaurant. You guys can Google it. It's well known. It's called the Wiener Circle. And the Wiener Circle, um, is known for their char burgers, um, and... Char dogs. Char dogs so you can get to order. But the real reason why you go to the Wiener Circle is not just the food, although the food is phenomenal and you can go late at night. You go there for the staff to be hella rude to you. And I, I, I'm not, I, I cannot stress enough 
the level of rudeness that you get from the staff. Like, they will cuss at you. <laughs> yeah, this 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 puts uh, the old Ed uh, Bevix to shame one, but two. Didn't they have a uh, like a uh, reality show uh, term? You know, I think they may have tried to have a reality show. There's a very famous episode of um, This American Life. In fact, if you Google it, I know it's on YouTube because I showed a friend recently. Um, this American Life had a short run. It's an NPR show. Okay. But they had a short run on Showtime. Um, it was on only on for one season. And one of the segments they did was at the Wiener Circle. And they talked about the staff that has been there for years. And to be honest, some of the segment, um, if you go, I, Big Daddy and I, we've gone several times. Yes, the staff is rude to you, but if you're respectful, you know. It's, and you know what the hell you're doing. Right. And you know what you're ordering before you come up. Don't waste their time. <laughs> it's not a crazy experience, but occasionally people come there to badger the staff intentionally to get them to swear at you. And it can be an uncomfortable experience if you're not familiar with it. And just to warn you, the segment of This American Life does show one of those uncomfortable experiences. Um, that said, if you go and you go, you know what you're getting into. It's a great place to get a burger. And it's quite possibly one of the best places to eat in Chicago that a lot of people don't know about. And every Halloween, they change their facade from the Wiener Circle to McDowell's from Coming to America. Like, they go all out. Even their menus has the McDowell burger. So when I told you about the real McDowell's, I was talking about the Wiener Circle. Okay. I get that. <laughs> all right. That, that does make sense. All right. So on what is on your Mount Olympus burger? Thank you. Once again, the buildup to the McDowell's. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to disappoint if I drop hammer on this. But uh, to the best of my knowledge, the best way I can describe this burger in my mind just as I played it is that one of the things I like to do is I like to smoke things sometimes. Oh, yeah. And I, I do like to play with different... I, I, I'll try... You know, anything that reasonably can try to be smoked, I will smoke it. So I'm definitely on the smoking tip with this. So I like to take two Angus patties. We'll say like a quarter pound each. Stay with me here. Don't don't down me as I drop this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. But anyway... So I'm dropping this burger, right? I'm sorry, I got two two patties. I like to add a pretzel roll or a, yeah, two pre, uh, pretzel bun um, to this, you know, just for the flavor. But make sure it has like you know, kind of a peppery uh, tap to it. Along with that, I need to have mustard because you know, I, I love mustard. I do things. I put mustard on a lot of meats, but at the same time, like you know that layer of on the pretzel bun has to have uh mustard yeah i admit i do like a little mayonnaise or salad dressing lightly placed and i don't know why i have this thing for like barbecue sauce if y'all would like to you know offer up like great great barbecue and i mean like real barbecue sauce i'm willing to listen but you know i have a good thing with uh with a couple different barbecue sauces, but I definitely need like a good, thick, tangy barbecue sauce on it. Now, that being said, two Angus patties, smoked, uh, pepper jack cheese, my mayo, my mustard, my, um, my mustard, my mayo, my barbecue, barbecue sauce, <laughs> uh, a light thing of lettuce, grilled onions, and 
little bit of relish. Relish. I, I don't know why. I know it's a, a hot dog thing in some places, but every once in a while, I like to add a little relish, just to be different. No bacon. Sometimes with bacon, see they're not. Hold on now. Bacon is great on some burgers, but some te- some people jack up their bacon. I'm still working on like the best kind, like you know, fl- uh, not not so much flavor bacon, but you know, like crispiness of bacon. Now that being said, there's a coup de gras. There's one. There's that, more. There is more. See, I'm not sure. You lost me at the relish. No, no. relish <laughs> was like the top. It's like that, you know, that garnish that you have. But the thing that they don't see is like on top of that Angus, mm-hmm. a little bit of pulled pork. Boom! Drop the mic. There we go. Uh, uh, Roll that boat. Roll that beautiful bean footage. That's right. Pulled pork. Pulled pork? Pulled pork. Okay, so it's two patties, pulled pork, um, lettuce, grilled onion, and then mayo, mustard, barbecue, barbecue sauce. sauce. And relish? That's right. And pepper jack cheese. And pepper jack cheese. On a pretzel bun. That's right. That's a little audacious. Outrageous! <laughs> Thank you. Like Lionel Riches told see, me. See, my idea of a burger of the day. That dude burger. But, okay, yes. Let's talk to the, let's talk to the goober. What is the goober going to drop on her burger? Okay. First of all, I'm not sure if I want to do the let the relish. <laughs> the a hey, this is your burger. This but, is you. The but okay, are we just doing like what I would prefer, or are we gonna do it like a Bob's Burger kind of thing? Because if you watch Bob's Burgers, one of the reasons why his burger of the day are so fun is that he adds unique ingredients to it. So like fennel and kale and. You're making all these faces now because you're like, oh, they're all these veggies. <laughs> that, hey, if that's on Bob's Burgers, that's great. But on Dad Do Burger, I dropped my lineage. <laughs> this is what Dad Do Burger is. So what is on your Bob's Burgers? Okay. All right. All right. First of all, <clears throat> it's all about the bun. So I would want it on a good hearty bun. So maybe like, I don't know, sourdough? Okay. Or sourdough. Okay. Um, maybe a sourdough bun. It would be two burger patties, um, medium well, because I'm one of those people that like a little pink in my burger, and I think it adds to it. Well seasoned. Um, it would have two types of cheese. Two types of cheese. So it'll have pepper jack, um, and it would also have cheddar. Um, but not any cheddar. That till um, Tilmuk cheddar. I don't know if you, you're not into cheese as much as I do, but it's kind of like a, it's a sandwich type of cheese that has like a slightly hard, sharp edge to it. Like you know when you bite into it, it's really good. So not just cheddar, but like that Tillamook cheddar. Tillamook cheddar, I think it's what it's called. Um, Tillamook cheddar. It would have, you know, a perfect layer of grilled. Onions, um, it would have, mine would actually have bacon, but it would have, like, candied bacon. Like, you know, this... <laughs> <laughs> what bacon. No, 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 
no, no. It was no. little crispy bacon. Stop it, stop it. <laughs> I like my little sensitive <laughs> bacon. My bacon needs to have little candies. No, no, no. You know what it is? It has little crispy. <laughs> Are you making fun? Of Look, I didn't make fun of your relish choice, okay? Hey, hey. Grown man relish. You not, have your little candy baking by little dudes with little candy, mustaches. Okay, maybe candy is like, remember when we went to Whole Foods and they have like that maple, like it has the real maple syrup bacon. Yeah, yeah. And it has like that. that crispy crust. Yes. So, yes. So, it would be that maple bacon, so maybe candy is the wrong word. Although, the way that I would prepare the bacon is if you slightly flour your bacon before you fry it, it has like this really satisfying um, crust that forms on the bacon, and you would need that crust to kind of counteract um, the melting of the cheese and the the meaning well the burger. So it gives it a nice little um, crunch effect that regular cooked bacon alone would not have. Hmm. Um, so along with the grilled onion and the bacon, lettuce, cold tomato, um, Dijon mustard. Um, no mayo on mine because I hate mayo of all kinds. And Not even just a little, just a little salad dressing, the the uh, miracle whip. No. Okay, not bad. None of that. Okay. Although, now that I think about it, maybe some ranch because I put ranch on everything. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Her ranch. Okay. This is an, as you said, this is an Indianapolis thing. This is a Midwest look. This look. I grew up in Indianapolis. They put me. I mean, they put ranch on everything. So maybe a little bit of ranch. That'll be my preference. But I would serve it without. But just the idea. I think you know the sweetness and the savoriness of the bacon, hitting the tartness, um, the sharp sharpness of the cheddar cheese and the two types of pepper jack to give it a little bit of a hit of spice, it'll be kind of like an umami burger. It kind of hits all your senses all at once. See? A umami burger? Umami. Umami? No, umami. It's, uh, it's, um, how do I describe it? I think it's a Japanese term. I, I know what it means. I, I can't think of it right now. Um, basically what umami actually is, it's a term that, um, it's used to describe the fact that, um, it hits all your senses at once. So it hits all of your five senses when you eat it. So it's a category of taste in food that um, corresponds to everything. The sweet, the salt, the bitter. And you get all of that with the different layers in the burger, see? Okay, okay, okay. I'll give you rep. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's new. That, that is very interesting. I, I, I did not know that. Yes. <laughs> and I have partaken of unami, umami. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, iyama. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I, I, that, that's some that's some interesting stuff right there. I, I, I need to check that again just to get a flavor for this. This is kind of cool. So are you or so are you many Big Daddy, um, lover of burgers? That my idea, my concept for a burger of the day is actually pretty good, right? It it, it actually is uh. I, I do admit, I, I, I am kind of intrigued okay. to see how it would taste. You know, I'm I'm not hating it. I'm feeling it. You know, it, I know it's a little, little foo-foo-y, but, uh, but, you know, it like you said, with certain delicacies, I mean, I could see the flavor 
can I come out and it might, it might actually be something I might partake of. I might enjoy it. Okay, two things. One, I'm actually really impressed that, because my husband's tastes in burgers is really finite. Like, he'll go into a restaurant and he will judge a burger right away, because that's his thing. So the idea that he gave me that compliment is actually a really good one. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> yeah, I just don't want to walk I'm in and be like... I'm going to take that W. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> you know, I just don't want to walk in and they'd be like, ooh, this is... I, you know, I like partake of this burger. I'm like, ooh, this is like some really good stuff. This is like pretty tasty and whatever. I'm like, ooh, it's an impossible burger. Oh, heck no. No, I'm out. Bye. Be like, okay, yeah, go hit me right. with that veggie burger type. No, I'm out. All right, all right, me all right. Me the dog are walking out. Anyway, anyway. But yeah, I, I'll give you the credit. That, that's, that sounds like a good idea. Okay. So on that note, why don't we take a break and then we'll come back and talk about what's eating nuts for the week. Okay. Hey guys, this is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And we're the co-hosts with the Gourmet Goober podcast with a very important question. Are you a little gourmet or a lot of wretched? <laughs> or maybe you consider yourself gumbo worthy. Hey, if the answer is yes to any of those questions, then you need to tell the world with your very own Goober swag. From mugs and aprons to t-shirts and sweatshirts, it's the perfect way to show your love for the Gourmet Goober podcast and, you know, help us keep the lights on in the process. <laughs> so if you are a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet, head on over to gooberswag.com, that's gooberswag.com, and get your very own Goober gear today. Tell them Big Daddy sent you. That's right. Tell them. Hey, welcome back to the Gourmet Goober. This is JJ Outlaw and, of course, Big Daddy, a.k.a. T. Outlaw. Um, we are now part of the segment because we always like to t mix our food with our pop culture. and segment I personally like to call What's Eating You. And mm -hmm. there's actually a couple of really cool things. Well... Okay, one thing that's cool, maybe a couple things that aren't so cool, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But just starting off, um, if in case you, you know, have been living under a rock or haven't heard anything for a while, da 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 da! The royal baby is here! The royal baby. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Meghan Markle and Prince Harry had their baby this week. Um, really, um, funny because Big Daddy and I have been joking all week about the coming of Baby Sussex, although I guess we can't call him Baby Sussex anymore, right? Yeah, they decided to slap a name on the kid. Yes, yeah, so the name is officially drum roll, please. Arch <laughs> Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor? Mabutu? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Would you like to repeat that again? No, it's Archie Harrison. I think it's pronounced Mount Bonton Windsor? Mount Blanc? <laughs> Mount Bonton. I, I guess Harry's real name is like Mount Bonton Windsor. I never knew the Broyles actually had technical last names. Yeah, I guess they do. I know like when... But then again, Harry's last yeah. name is not really Harry. It's Henry. I mean, okay, I get the Henry thing. <laughs> I understood that part. You know, it's like saying, like, you know, Prince William and whatever. It's like, yes, you're Prince William, and then there's Henry. Henry's like, I don't want to call Henry. Shit, call me Harry. <laughs> well, yeah. My mama called me Clay. Swag. <laughs> exactly, you know, my, my mama called me Clay. 
I'm gonna be Clay. <laughs> I get it, but yeah, I I didn't know that the royals actually had technical last names. I just thought they were like, hey, you are, you're the queen, you're it. But yeah, I know like you know the ones that married into the family were, you know, the women and you know men who came into the family became. I remember their last names like Diana Spencer and I don't know what Fergie's. I forgot exactly what Sarah. Oh, Sarah Ferguson. That's what it was. Yeah. And now, like, you know, uh, of course, Meghan Markle, Catherine uh, Milton. Thank you. I was going to, yeah, because she had the sister of Pippa. Yes. Charlotta Philippa Milton. <laughs> I don't know what the one that had, like, you know, allegedly had the long, you know, really was long back, but, you know, apparently <laughs> everybody was all in, like, you know, flavor for, like, you know, little, you know, little girl with the big butt. No. Just good long back. Oh, my bars and stars. You're talking about Pippa's butt. <laughs> oh, my God. Look <laughs> at that back. <laughs> it is so long. Okay. But, yeah, I, I right. give her credit. Yeah, but anyway, Let's yes. Let's not do long back jokes because I don't want... I'm know, not catching flame, but I'm we know where we're going. I'm not Tay Tay's family coming after us. But, um, but yeah, yeah. I ain't scared of Tay Tay. <laughs> Tay Tay ain't doing nothing for me. Tay-Tay, of course, being... No, no, I don't want to, like, catch some plans from you. Anyway, yes, we're talking about the child. Yes, they went after Deeds and Samuel this week, but we're going to skip that. We're going to skip that because, yes, we are talking about the royal baby. Um, is it just me? I mean, there's a part of me... Oh, goodness, excuse me. (coughs) So sorry about that, guys. Are you verklempt, like, speaking of the child's name? I'm a little verklempt, to be honest. Okay, I get it. You know, it's hard. It's a lot to take in. Were you surprised by the name Archie? I I was kind of hoping that, you know, being the first Afro-American slash royal baby, that it would have maybe a little bit more soul in the name, you know. No, they're going to put soul in it. Because my name is Jennifer, so obviously that's just full of soul, right? Hey, hey, Jennifer Hudson, Jennifer Holiday, that's cool, we get it. But yeah, um, I'm sorry. With the child, Archie is different. I, I, I'm sure they weren't going to A, call him Jughead. But two, yes, with Archie it was a little different. But yeah, they weren't going to slap, you know, a name on this kid and call him like, you know, this is our child, you know, Thelonious. Yeah, that's right, I went there. Yes, with, you know, Thelonious, they were going to call him, I'm sure, you know, if they were called him Ellington, they would have been, like, cute, but, no. I, I guess, you know, if that's what they want to call the kid. No, no, no. That's I, great. First of all, there's nothing wrong with Thelonious, okay? Thelonious is a badass name. I'm sure it's a badass <laughs> name. I just don't think that, you know, you know, when uh, the queen, you know, announces, you know, I don't know, some royal appointments... You know, and then there's, you know, what was what was the other children? There's uh Charlotte, there's George, and Thelonious. I'm actually impressed you know their names. I was kind of hoping for something more subversive, like James Tiberius Windsor. <laughs> James Tiberius Kirk Windsor. Yeah, no, no, just leave out the Kirk. Okay. And so some of us nerds will know where it comes from. I get it. I think that'd be hilarious. Yes, and meet my son, Sir James Tiberius Windsor. James Tiberius (laughs) Mount Blanc Windsor. I think that would be a badass name. 
Yeah, I just... At least my uh, other choice, Tyquilius, because I just think having a royal Tyquilius would just be awesome. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we want names that this child will be able to succeed to be able to graduate from Oxford with. Who's going to deny him? He's the son of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. They're right behind Prince William with all their kids. So thus... He's said in line. He can have whatever name he wants. So if you wanted to name the child Tiger... <laughs> no, they weren't going to be named Tiger either. <laughs> no, but at the same time, yes, I do admit, it's been kind of interesting to be like, yes, in succession of the, you know, royal lineage, there's uh, Charlotte and George and... and James Tiberius Spencer. <laughs> She's hidden this Tiberius. Okay, uh, James Tiberius. Okay. Yes, okay, you, you <laughs> dropped the James, that's, you know, that's great and all, James Tiberius. But yeah, there's Charlotte and George and Rufus. Rufus? Ooh, Rufus would have been a Rufus good one. Rufus has been really funny, but yes, at the same time... Yes, okay, you can adapt for that. Rufus. That would have been down. That would have been drop hammer, you know. That would have been down as hell. But, you know, <laughs> if we were going to go, you know, if we were going to go soulful, or, I'm sorry, I, I got to let me be me. You know, if I got to go black and black, well, I'm sorry, then, you know, then they would have had to put, you know, a car name on this kid, you know, in my head... Cadillac. Yeah, it'd been really interesting <laughs> to have, like, you know, you have all your kids' names, and then there's... Escalade. <laughs> you know, but no, we have to get a British name, so we have to call it, like, you know, Cooper or Ooh. Bentley. I like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Another dab for that. <laughs> yeah. Like, with all the succession, yes, you got, like, you know, all these, like, kids' names, and then you have, like, maybe they can have, like, you know, what was the, uh, what was the, uh, sorry, what's the name of the car that James Bond had? The Aston Martin. See, there you go. Aston. There you go. Dap that back. Okay. Come on. <laughs> Aston Martin. I'm sure people are listening at home like, what are they doing? No, no, no. If you're going to blur this, <laughs> blur it out. Yeah, yes. There we go. Aston, Aston Martin. Martin. Winter. Oh, okay. I'm telling you, that's hard. That's, yeah. That's hardcore right there. So. Boom. There we go. Drop the mic. <laughs> Tell, you know, call my girlfriend, uh, Miss Markle up and say, hey. Your mama said you need to, you need to change this kid's name to Bentley, Aston Martin, Rufus, something like that. But if you want to stick with Archie, hey, you if know the what? kid Archie is a kid who's gonna get his ass beat a lot, so he's gonna to to take some martial arts. It, it's it's my it's it's my um secret hope that even though he has a fancy name like Archie Harrison, Mount Boston Windsor, that secretly they do call him Rufus. I, I just, I, I, I have a feeling that Prince Harry and Meghan would be the kind of people who would do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, when they're chilling at home with their hot pocket and watching, you know, whatever the British version is of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Now I'm kind of intrigued. Like, do the Royals, <laughs> like, watch the Royal Housewives of anything? Well, you know, you never know. That's kind of interesting. I, I personally think that they would. Because, you know what? Meghan Markle grew up in Compton. She's friends with Serena and Sierra. You know Sierra watches Real Housewives of Atlanta. So, yeah. Not, not, not since she got with Russell Wilson. I don't know. No, maybe no, she, no, no, no. Maybe she watches... Maybe Sierra has <laughs> moved up to, you know, to Real Housewives of, you know, to Jersey, New York. Maybe she's just moved up no. to, like, you know, the Royals. No, no, the Potomac. Maybe she watches, you know, Game of Thrones. Don't get started. My husband recently found out that I 
have been secretly watching this season's Game of Thrones, and he's just shook by that because he didn't know that I was watching it. I admit I'm not the Game of Thrones person. I am so out <laughs> of the loop, but that's okay. I give that. I'm okay. I wanted to be part of the experience. And to be fair, I haven't watched all the seasons of Game of Thrones, um, but I listened to some really awesome like um, shows that always recap Game of Thrones. Like um, the Black Guy Who Tips has a, a really great um, Game of Thrones recap that they do every Wednesday that is just hysterical. And also the Cook and the Gooch, they've been doing Game of Thrones re recaps. So I feel like even though I'm joining in the season, because... The only reason why I decided to watch is the show is ending, and I felt like I needed to be a part of that experience, and so I've been live-tweeting the last few episodes, but I haven't been following all the seasons, but I feel like I know everyone thanks to the Black High Who Tips, so... That's great in all of it. I mean, I guess, maybe, okay, one, I'm not the Game of Thrones person, too, maybe, I, maybe it's because I haven't been, you know, uh, doing my legal hookup of HBO... On the term, but three. Is there any brothers in Game of Thrones? Hey, hey, we don't need to tell them about our cable hookup. (laughs) First of all, we do not have a legal hookup of HBO. That's one. But two, yes, um, yeah, um, there's very few people, there's very few black people in Game of Thrones, and one of them died this past week, which totally. Spoiler! Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert! One of the two is no longer with us. Message. And it kind of pissed me off. But outside of that... Well, at least you know that that one won't be on the Iron Throne at the end. Well, no, no. And impressed that you know about the Iron Throne. Yay for you. But but yes, I imagine when Prince Harry, kind of going back to what we were talking about, when Harry and Meghan are watching their Game of Thrones, eating their, you know, Hot Pocket or... You know, roast chicken, because apparently I've heard that Megan makes a really great roast chicken. Um, with seasoning? With, well, yeah. She uses the Ina Garden, Garden of Res, um, Recipe for roast chicken. Yeah, that's great. No, does it have Ina, real seasoning? Ina seasons her food. The um, Barefoot Contessa, I've watched her show. I've cooked her food. Girlfriend uses seasoning. So, when they're watching with little baby Sussex, I bet they're secretly calling Rufus. Arch, Arch, Archie, Rufus Harrison, Arch Ward, Mont Blanc, <laughs> Matthew LeBlanc, Windsor, so, Ontario, <laughs> Ontario, little Miss Waga, <laughs> save the queen, with a little spots of tea, Ooh. with a lemon twist. Stop! Oh, it's your boy. Stop! I get it. <laughs> So anyway, congratulations to Megan and Harry. Yes, it, you know, hopefully your child will be taking martial arts soon <laughs> to protect himself. Matter of fact, they should just call the kid Ace. Ace. Oh, That's I like right. Ace. Ace would have been hot. Thank you, uh, Candy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Ace is Candy's, um, Candy Burris' kid. Mm-hmm. I love that name. Ace. <laughs> yeah. So the other two things that we were talking about that we wanted to go over um, today, one was, gosh, they're both kind of cray. Cray. Which, which do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about the Steve Harvey Quay or the Loquisha Quay? 
Okay, we're going to start off with the Steve Harvey Quay. The Cray Cray. Yes. Because, you know, Steve Harvey, you know, holler at your boy. They love doctor, the love CEO, whatever. Oh, God. We're going to start off with him. First of all, can't, can't, okay, if we're going to talk about Steve Harvey. Let's give him in perspective, yes. Can, can we talk about the way that he has rebranded himself from a king of comedy to the love doctor? Dude, you've been divorced three times. And some of his love of um, advice. The CLO. I'm sorry. I'm not calling him the CLO. I am mm. not. Isn't that the chief love operator or something? Something cheesy like that? Yeah, Look, we'll Steve, go with if that. you're listening, I am not calling you that. Okay? <laughs> Some of your advice is really antiquated, in my opinion. It's kind of like the rules, if you guys are old enough to remember the rules, where it talks about things that women are supposed to do and how they're supposed to act. And basically, the idea of you know, changing yourself in such a way to make yourself attracted to men. And I just, I don't know. I just, his advice does not work for me. And I'm trying to be as nice as possible. And my husband's laughing because he knows how I really feel. And I'm trying not to. She's holding it back. With, I'm holding it back. Yes. Literally, I, I yeah, she's definitely <laughs> pressing back on her, suppressing her urge to just write him a, Read him well. Let's put it that Ooh, way. Yes, yes. My husband has heard some of my um, reads of Mr. Harvey. I, I just, I don't know. I, I personally think that what he's selling some of the women in his audience is a bunch of shit. Excuse my language, but yeah, a bunch of bullshit. So. <laughs> hey, right now Steve Harvey is looking at you with just with one of those like dumb, goofy face looks. So be like. Hold on, hold on, player. Hold on. Yeah, we understand, Steve, that you, you are taken back by, you know, Jennifer's words. <laughs> that being said... Well, it's just, it's... There's so many things wrong with it. Like, his show is heteronormative, so he avoids, like, talking about same-sex marriage and things like that. And I realize he comes from a place of faith, and a lot of... Unfortunately, a lot of people of faith do not believe in equality for LBGTQ. Um, audiences. I am not one of those people who believe that, even though I do consider myself a person of faith. I believe that God created all of us, and God loves all of us, and he created you just as you are. So, if you happen to be gay, and you happen to love someone who's gay, uh, of the same sex, rather, then that's who you are. There's no shame in that. There's, you know, there's room in God's kingdom for everybody. So this whole idea of just pretending like those type of relationships do not exist, is kind of bothersome the way he talks about it on his show but even more importantly some of the things that he has recommended for women does not work for everybody and the idea that you have to change yourself in order to make yourself attractive to men and hold back who you really are in terms of your ambition and some of the ways that you think is just ridiculous it didn't work for the rules and it doesn't work for him Although Think Like a Man is a great movie in terms of it was funny, I wouldn't personally take advice from the book that it's based on. Hey, it gave some people some jobs, <laughs> at least for a movie or two. Yes, that is true. But Steve Harvey also has some things that he says on occasion and things he does that are rather problematic, like his decision to meet with 45, which we all agree as a people that maybe that was not a good idea. 
But outside of that was this notion he was trending this week because of his thoughts on sleep. Sleep? Sleep. Oh, I remember him yelling at... Was it actually during the show or was it just like one of those like uh, pre... Or sorry, in between scene uh, take segments? No, it was actually during a take segment of the show. So if you are not familiar, Steve, um, um, one of the 50 million quadrillion jobs that Steve Harvey has was hosting a talk show, which we will talk about in a minute. But during one of his segments, he gave advice to the audience in a talk show that basically says that rich people don't sleep eight hours a day. And that that's a third of your life, but it ain't but 24 hours in a day. You can't be asleep eight hours a day. You cannot live in L.A. and wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's 11 o'clock in the East Coast. The stock market's been open for about two hours. They're already making decisions about your life, and you're, you, your ass was asleep. And then he ended with a Bible verse that says, He who loves to sleep in the folding of hands, poverty will set upon you like a thief in the night. So... Of course, he got mightily dragged on Twitter for those words. One, again, going back to, you know, I grew up in the church. I've never heard, you know, the sermon, thou shall not sleep eight hours or thou will be poor forever. (laughs) As some people so rightly pointed out to him on Twitter. But more importantly, just the idea that, you know, this whole narrative of, you know, what the hustle looks like for everybody and how if you don't hustle like he does and don't work the 5011 jobs, <laughs> I'm all for passive income, but you also have to take care of yourself and there's no shame in wanting to get your eight hours in. No, I mean, it's... I understand the concept also of the hours and you being awake. Journals hours... Where they're like, you know, if you need to cut out a meal, I can't stop you. If you need to avoid... Because I'm not a video game player. I don't enjoy uh, random little hobbies. You know, if there are certain things that you have to cut out to get that hustle on, that's what you got to do. Because there are some brothers, you know, that are willing to cut your throat in the street because they have to hustle because... They got families to feed or, you know, they got concepts and dreams they need to purport. And I'm down. I understand that. Now, granted, I know I'm not the best hustler, but at the same time, some people got to have side hustles. Some people have dreams. And sometimes you got to do things within their dreams. But within the eight hours of your, or sorry, the other 16 hours of your life, yeah, you got to put in your work. And some people are, are just inertly ready to do that. Some people, it kind of it takes a push. And some people are just ne- never made for that at all. At the same time, there's some dudes that's got, to, or, and ladies, that's got to just rest. At a certain point, God will tell you in so many different ways, you have to rest. Because on, on the seventh day, the Lord rested. Yeah. It's just one of those things that you can try, like, you know, say that, you know, you're going to do your best and hustle. And some of that involves, like, less sleep. But at the same time, your body, your mind, your soul will eventually catch up to you. And damn it, you're going to sleep. And I, as a person who has um, 
non-disclosure about like you know health conditions. At a certain point, God's gonna just say, you know what? Sit your ass down and sleep. You know why? Because if you can sit here and worry about, oh, I gotta make money for all these people. Yeah, I understand you gotta make money, but damn it, you can't enjoy it when you're dead. How's that? You know, you can hustle all you want, but damn it, don't die out doing it. At a certain point, you have to either enjoy life or you have to enjoy the rest. And you know what? It's interesting that you say that because of the fact that I think part of the problem that I have an issue with Steve Harvey and some hosts like him is he does buy into the whole idea of respectability, um, identity, um, respectability in terms of you know, you have to dress a certain way, you have to project yourself a certain way, you have to do certain things to make yourself worthy of being wealthy. And the whole idea is, it's almost implying that there's a failing in you if you don't do the things he does. And I think that that's kind of disappointing. Plus, let's be honest, and you talked about in certain health conditions and things like that that mandate sleep, and I was reading an article that was um, recently where it talks about how the fact that, according to scientific research, there's already a racial divide in sleep. So there's evidence from molecular biology, epidemiology, and psychology that points to the idea of poor sleep being a risk factor for things like heart disease, diabetes, and obesity. Um, and this was actually reported in The Atlantic in 2015. In fact, according to the American Academy of Sleep Medicine and Sleep Research Society, they recommend a sweet slot of at least seven hours of sleep for adults age 18 to 60. Okay. And on the Center for Disease, Disorder, um, Disease Control and Prevention, more than one-third of Americans still don't get enough sleep. So... What that means is you could run the whole, you know, I sleep two hours a night because I have 50 million jobs. First of all, still not be wealthy because that in and of itself does not mean that you're automatically going to be Steve Harvey net worth wise. But then also it puts you at a disadvantage health wise too, which really sucks. Yes. And that's the thing about it. I have met some gentlemen who who have done very well for themselves. And you, by knowing them, or just by seeing them, wouldn't really know them to be uh, successful men, at least financially. Uh, but maybe you could look at them and say that they at least enjoy their lives. But one of the things that they said that sometimes the package... You know, they say don't always judge a book by its cover. Some of these guys can come in here with like, you, you don't want to come in with like, you know, your pants like, you know, halfway off your rear end or, you know, you're just looking completely just back ass with sloppy. But at the same time, you can't just judge a person when they walk in the door. It's like, you know, judging me or anyone else who will walk in the door. But, oh, there's this random black guy who's coming in and, hey, you know, he kind of looks, uh, well, just... You know, he looks a little hoodish and whatever, but this guy could literally have his own business and literally, you know, or have his own barbershop, owns his own barbershop that's doing well on the south side. 
that is making a very nice dividend. But, you know, he just kind of randomly goes to have lunch on the north side. And they're like, oh, he just kind of looks a little sloppy and whatever. And he leaves a very nice tip for the person. And they're just like, oh, I didn't expect, he is he a drug dealer? He has all this money. No. Dude has a very nice barbershop on the south side. And he's making a nice piece of change. And all he wanted to do was have brunch on the north side. So are you saying this because, again, about Harvey's respectability, you know, preaching where he talks about about how you're supposed to present yourself? Is that where you're going with that? Yeah, sometimes the presentation doesn't always speak of the character of the person. Mm. Okay. And sometimes hustle takes many... Sometimes hustle also uh, presents itself in many different boxes. It's just one of those things where you don't know until you know. But your buddy on the south side, does he get his eight hours of sleep, though? Does he get his eight hours of sleep? I hope so. Because, <laughs> you know, that barbershop is open a lot, like, you know, many hours. But at the same time, hopefully he's had time that, you know, and he has the clientele to help him rest. Ultimately, I think it said something about the whole uh, matter of self-care and being able to schedule time for that. And sleep is all part of self-care. And so I think it's something that I know growing up it wasn't part of my experience and what I was encouraged to do. Um, Because, again, it's all going back to that whole idea of you have to hustle 24-7. And the idea is you can't. And, you know, if you are one of those people who can operate on, like, two hours of sleep, like apparently Steve does, God bless you. But if you're like me who um, gets up at the crack of dawn to make it into Chicago by 9 o'clock, you know, where you can't get that eight hours of sleep in, you know, that if... It, what I'm trying to say is his idea that it's your fault that you're not, you know, wealthy because of the fact that you don't adhere to this. That's BS. So mm. I'm just going to okay. leave it at that. Although I do have to say, going back to his talk show, Steve will probably have a lot more time for sleep because they canceled his talk show this week. They canceled Steve? Yep. <laughs> After seven seasons. He actually just filmed his last episode. Although, to be honest, the running's been on the wall for, wall for a while because I heard that um, NBC Universal, which is the company that distributes his talk show, okay, um, he had that really sweet um, time slot before Ellen. Yes. So he was the Ellen lead-in. Right. And they are actually giving that to senior Kelly Clarkson, who is launching her own talk show. Wait a minute. Fall. Steve Harvey lost out to Kelly Clarkson. Steve Harvey lost out to Kelly Clarkson. So he has one less than the 5011 jobs. <laughs> so he has plenty of time to hopefully catch up on his eight hours and maybe think about not going so hard on everybody well, if they can't match that. We still have, you know, have those family feud checks for a minute to hold them. Oh, no, 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 no. Steve Harvey isn't losing anything. Trust me. I mean, I, I think he's still hosting that, that beauty pageant again this year. They still let him on the beauty pageant after he screwed up the names again? They still let him on the beauty pageant. So he's doing that. (laughs) He's hosting the Family Feud. He's got, I think, those two shows on NBC, like the little big shots or whatever. Okay. So he 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 shows the radio show, right? I think so. Okay. 
Do they play the Steve Harvey radio show in Chicago? I don't know. I I, I know that like one or two have jumped off and gone to like the Ricky Smiley show. Yeah. Um, I like to believe they still play Steve Harvey somewhere in the Chicago market, but I admit I didn't listen because I'm asleep. <laughs> yes, because you are trying to get your eight hours like a sensible human being. <laughs> yeah. So to wrap things up, um, now that we've talked about Steve Harvey, I guess the other thing that's been eating us this week. Oh my God, it is so, so wrong. Have you guys heard about that new um, trailer for a movie? It's called Loquisha. You mean Moesha? No, 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 no. Loquisha. 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 <sighs> so it's a movie. It's a movie. Apparently it's a real movie. I, I thought it was like someone on Twitter who made it up. But no. Someone decided to create this, and I feel completely trolled. Um, basically, I have no words after reading. <laughs> so, Loquisha is um, was created by a writer-director by the name of Jeremy Seville. And this is the plot. Let me just read the plot. Loquisha is the hilarious and heartwarming story of Joe an astute and underachieving Detroit bartender who values truth above everything. When Joe finds that he needs to pay for his gifted son's private school education, he submits an audition to a local radio station for his own talk therapy show. After he's rejected, he invents a larger-than-life black female personality named LaQuisha, who is hired sight unseen (laughs) by the unwitting radio station owners. As Loquisha Stars rises, Joe is increasingly challenged with keeping her identity a secret, maintaining his own sense of self, and grappling with the often bizarre perceptions of an audience that absolutely has no idea who they're talking to or listening to. Where do I begin with this fuckery? It sounds like Shanene Radio. If only it would be Martin Lawrence doing this. <laughs> First of all, the trailer, which, you know, I wrestled with playing the trailer on the podcast. I decided I'm not going to give him any clicks. If you are so moved after hearing this description, you can find it on YouTube. But basically, it's everything that you would think this movie would be. Um, It's kind of like, you know, you guys, okay, you remember Soul Man that was out when we were a kid? The one with C. Thomas Howell. Yes, where he couldn't get into Harvard, and he couldn't pay for it, and of course he decided, oh, well, black people already going to get a free ride into Harvard. We're just going to go ahead and do that show. And he took, like, a bunch of... He got himself a perm. He took a bunch of, like, tanning pills. Okay. And, boom, he's supposedly black. He was not even close. I'm not sure why Ray Donchon fell for that as well as James Earl Jones. I can only imagine they needed a paycheck. Yeah, that's my contention (laughs) right there. Check. Cut the check. It was the 80s. Not everyone was, not all actors of color was getting hired. I think Ray Donchon's other movie at that time was Chariots. Or no, not Chariots of Fire. What was the one where 
um, quest for fire, where she's like running around naked and they're like trying to like. Wait a minute, Rain Dong Chong was naked. <laughs> I completely wait a minute. Hold on, I gotta find this movie. Hold Everyone on. Everyone in that movie was naked. Damn it. I missed this, Bear. Why didn't you tell me that Rain Dong Chong was naked? In one okay, of she wasn't like fully naked, but they were well, basically nude, from it. what I remember. I haven't seen the movie in like forever, but. Quest for Fire is basically, it's a movie set at the dawn of time where all these, like, Cro-Magnon people and different people were looking to harness the power of fire. Because whoever controlled fire controlled, like, the destiny and they had, um, domain of the other tribes or whatever. I might have to get Netflix back for this. (laughs) Now I'm sorry I told you. Look, you are focusing on the wrong thing. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, all right, so now about Ray Dong Chong, we, we're focusing on, <laughs> on Loquishis. Yeah, but Loquishis. the point I'm trying to say is Soul Man, I saw Soul Man as a child, and I didn't get until I was older how insulting that movie was for so many reasons. And if you watch the trailer for Laquisha, you come away with the same sense. I mean, there's was second in the trailer where he's just like, oh, if I was a black woman, of course I will naturally get this job. If though talk radio is just full of like black women talking, yes, that's that's naturally how it works. And then of course, it's his own version where he appropriates what he thinks a black scent sounds like. Which first of all, that whole idea really enrages me because the idea that if you're you're black and you sound a certain way has always been something that's plagued me since I was a child. I mean, look, folks, I'm a black woman. I've been black all my life. I'm almost 45 years old. I am just shocked. <laughs> you are... Are you... You're an African-American. I, I just found this out. Dude, you've known After me for... After 14, mari- 14 years of marriage and Surprise! 24 years of... 24, 25 solid years of friendship... And 14 years of marriage, give or take, and you were African-American. I am just... I've been that all this time. I, thought I know you it's were, shocking. I thought you were my Meghan Markle, and you just... <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Meghan Markle is African-American, uh, partially, too. Um, yes. Wow. Um, anyway, the whole idea is, you know, I sound the way I sound. My mother brought me up the way she did. I don't have this stereotypical... Um, black scent that everyone thinks that every black person in the world should have. It's not like I'm trying to sound a certain way. This is how I am. I talk the same way to you, my family, you know, my coworkers. I really suck at <laughs> code switching. I didn't learn that until later in life. But what I'm trying to say is there's not a shame in that whatsoever. And so part of the thing that I hate about this trailer, one of the many things is that he just, the way that he based everything on the stereotype from the way that Loquisha supposedly talks to people to the way that her accent, I mean, of course she sounds like the sassy black woman, of course, why not? Are we talking about like, okay. It's just insulting. The whole idea of it is insulting. So is it like... Wendy Williams type accent, or are we talking about like you know down south like Gladys Knight with a bad perm type accent? I'm talking. He's like going straight Big Mama's house, thrown in with 
like no, my mama ain't birthed no babies from the gone with the wind oh yeah there's there's ah. there's no comedy in it and it's it's just i couldn't get through the trailer i was just horrified and apparently i'm not alone because if you're on twitter right now um, his behind is getting dragged to the gods yeah, look about Twitter, putting man. this stuff out because yeah, this is stuff. not okay. Um, and it's not just African-Americans who are calling them out. It's not just black people. Patton Oswalt had this really great response to him. Spence? Yeah, Spence. Um, gosh, what did he say? Hold on, I can find the quote because the quote is just hilarious. And of course... After being dragged from many people, from Curtis Blow to, um... Yeah, shout out to Curtis Blow. Hopefully, you know, <laughs> he's, his recovery is doing well. Oh, no, 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 not Curtis Blow. Sorry, although Curtis Blow is awesome. It's Charles and Blow. Charles um, and Blow, okay. The, um, <clears throat> the journalist um, and commentator, T.T. Franklin, to, um, just everybody. But Patton Oswalt, his response is literally... How and the who and the why, the actual fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's just perfect. And of course, after being dragged to everybody, Loquisha Collins responded to him. Saying, Loquisha specifically? Well, the Loquisha movie, which I assume is Jeremy freely tweeting on behalf of Loquisha movie. Okay. And the idea that he thinks there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, even the name. Oh my gosh. Even the name just sounds like it's it sounds coded like, to okay. seem ghetto and loud and everything that they assume that... It's loquacious. Yes. We're not monolithic, folks. And seriously, the idea that you would perpetuate this, the idea that there's actually people of color in this movie that actually co-sign on this. I know y'all need a paycheck. I know the hustle is real out there. Trust me, I've taken jobs before that I'm not proud of, but, you know, you guys should have said no. This is, like, this is seriously, like, the cookout revoking your status. No. <laughs> yeah, they not only would have canceled, they wouldn't have invited Loquisha to the cookout. They would have burnt the invitation, stomped on it a few times, did a dance, and then ate some of Paula Dean's food right in front of her. No, it's, it's, it's really sad. So, again, if, if you want to check it out on Twitter, um, some of the commentary about Laquisha is just interesting, and they give a lot of interesting takes. And again, going back to the Patton Oswalt one, I think it's interesting out of everyone's response. Um, and some pretty big names have responded back to him. He decided to respond back to Patton, who, of course, is a white male comedian. So. Okay. So, anyway, this movie itself, so th that's being purport. Is this like, is this Jeremy Fellow like playing Laquisha? Yes. He's okay. playing Laquisha. So, he... they, couldn't, they couldn't even get a big, like, a big enough name, like, I don't know, like, Marky Mark to play this. I'm sorry, Mark Wahlberg or something, just to. Because I'm sure none God, of God, I, I really hope Mark Rowe never considers this movie. <laughs> that would be kind of funny just to watch him come out and be like, you know, with a sassy black woman voice. Mm -mm. And then we just have to stomp him out. No, no. I, I don't know why I'm looking. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Hold on. 
you know where I'm going with this. Because they should, you know, Jeremy should get a hold of Justin Timberflake. Oh. Oh, yes. I need a reason to stomp somebody out. Stop. And Timberflake is my arrow. Okay. Should we explain why you're upset nope. with Justin? Nope. I'm going to save that for some really good reason. <laughs> you know, because, you know, oh. once we get past, you know, Queen Beyonce, you know, we have to get back to my Queen Janet, and then then we really going to get into some foolishness. And if if I could do a whole show on the, the you know, Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson type thing. But, uh, no, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say, yeah. If Timberflake were to take upon the role of, what was it, LaQuasia? Ugh. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, my arrow will purely be tipped with poison. <sighs> it's a party. I get it. I don't know if I can get any more horrified, but I think you did it. <laughs> I, congrats? Yeah. <laughs> So on that note, let's let's cleanse our palate and yes. close out the show. Let's do and, it and talk about what is the best thing you had this week, Big Daddy. What's the best thing you've eaten this week? The best thing I've I've eaten this week. The best thing I've stuffed in my mouth that my wife probably should not have should not know about was on the way to work one day. I walked past this one. I guess I would call it a bakery if you will when uh, did this happen uh, this was the middle of the week and I was on my way to work and I walked past this bakery and really I was just going in to get uh, a, a couple uh, drink of water and a couple things to drink on the way to work and they had this lovely little I want to call it like a little pastry and it was like this chocolate pastry um but like the out, the outer side was like this breaded material, that was actually you know it was like quite uh, light and airy. But like the inside had like I want to say it was like this chocolate ganache, and oh my god, when you tasted this ganache, and I wish, I know I'm gonna get in trouble for not mentioning the name of this bakery. No, you can get in remember. trouble for not sharing it with me. It was it was a small pastry. I I. I do apologize for not bringing it home, and yes, I do apologize for not getting the name, but oh, the ganache in this this pastry was to die for, and oh my god, like literally, I was like floating the three blocks to the office. It was so damn good. I was feeling so damn good afterwards, and I was I was floating for a few minutes, and then I came back to Earth, but... Uh, it was a it was a damn good taste. Uh, I, I I like this this pastry. I couldn't even remember the name they gave it, but it was a it was a chocolate pastry with chocolate ganache inside. It was so tasty. It was so nice. Mm-hmm. That was the best thing I ate this week. I thought it was going to be the Big Daddy's barbecue, which you sneakily told me that you had some without sharing with me too. Oh. Apparently you have this whole foodie life outside of me that you don't tell me about. That was three weeks ago. <laughs> Still. <laughs> well, on that note, you know the best thing I had this week, actually. Um, I had a rare day off on Friday, and so one of the things I got to do is there's a restaurant in Northwest Indiana. It's in Miraville or is it Gary? 
It was in Maryville because yeah. it was south of 50. Yeah, it's in Maryville, Indiana, and it is a Cajun restaurant that is known, and Southern Soul Food restaurant that's known as Seasons. Yes. And Seasons is really good. It's a little small place. It's kind of unassuming. If you don't know where to turn, you will turn totally like pass it. But I recommend it because one of the things that Season is known for is their jalapeno cheese grits. And jalapeno cheese grits. Yes. So I, as I lovingly told my husband over lunch, I got ignorant. <laughs> she was co-switching at that moment. I got totally ignorant with my food and got some um, fish and grits. And it was blackened catfish, um, which was so well seasoned and it was very seasonally, um, savory and you know, it was black and just right. And it was perched atop this incredible um, jalapeno cheese grits. And I went to, my mother is from the South and was, you know, born and raised in Mississippi. So I spent a good portion of my life, even though I was raised in the Midwest down South and okay. grits was like a thing. Um, and so between probably the best grits that I've had since I've been back up north in a restaurant um, to this blackened catfish. They even had the sweet tea that they went all out with the sweet tea. And of course, to top it off, I got some peach cobbler, which was just divine. It, it was an incredible meal. And I don't get a chance to go to Seasons that often, but if you're in this neck of the woods, if you're in Chicago, you want to cross across the border, I would recommend seeking out this place. It's amazing. Also, just as a side note, even though I didn't have it this time, their chicken and waffles is probably one of the best chicken and waffles I've had in the area. Of course, the best chicken and waffles is at, what's it, Jay's Breakfast? Jay's Breakfast Club, yes. Jay's Breakfast Club, which is, again, another little restaurant in Gary, Indiana. I'm serious. I've had chicken and waffles at a ton of places from Gladys and Ron, you know, rest in peace, a restaurant because they closed it um, due to some financial issues to, you know, some places, you know, that are supposed to be renowned for their chicken and waffles, like in Florida. But seriously, the best I've ever had is in Gary, Indiana at this little restaurant. But outside of that, the seasoned chicken and waffles is amazing. So I do recommend if you're at the restaurant and they're out of fish and grits trying it as well. Okay. I'm always, always game. All right. Awesome. Um, their grits is so good, by the way, just as a side note. What was that thing that we had as an appetizer that wasn't even on the menu that she made for us? That was really good. It was like a fried grits. It was like a fried shrimp and grits. Yes. And my husband didn't even like grits and he totally ate all of it. It was amazing. Like he woofed his down and wanted to eat mine too. <laughs> it looked, it looked like a... Uh, it wasn't a salmon croquette. It was um. It was like a little fried grits yeah, patty. Yeah, a little fried grits patty. So it, it had like a crust on the outside, and it had this melty cheese grits on the inside. Yes. And it then was. it was topped with this shrimp, um, sauce that was just perfectly done. So yeah, recommend seasons. You you guys got to hit that up. It was it was definitely tasty. I I will partake of that again. <laughs> Well, now that we clean our palate from Loquisha and talking about the best thing Wait we ate. That, that, that does lend to the question of 
So if Laquisha were to visit Seasons, oh, what God. would Laquisha eat? What would she partake of? Oh, my God. Knowing her, she would probably walk in and be like, yes, can I have... The mayoist of mayo sandwiches. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, do you have a cucumber sandwich? Dipped in mayo. Yes. Yeah, because that... And that's just I, I know you call it seasons, but can you go a little light on the salt and pepper? <laughs> yes, that's... I will have the Pippa Milton version. I admit, yeah, but no. I understand, yeah, I don't know what LaQuisha would eat, but yeah, it probably would not be a seasons. Trust me, if you rush to tell her, it's probably nothing good. So on that note, <laughs> maybe we should close out today's show. Where can they find you online? They can find me once again online at T-Outlaw Josie Wells on Instagram and at T-Outlaw, just at T-Outlaw on the Twitter Ball so hard, State U University <laughs> alum. Uh, you know, Ball State hates it when you say ball so hard. Hey. They actually told us not, well, they told the alumni not to use it. It was a long time ago. But you know what? Shout out to Ball State because without going to Ball State, I would never have met you and we would not be celebrating 14 years. So, Thank you. <laughs> I love you too for that. Ball so hard, State U. <laughs> Anyway, Ball you. you can find me um, at JJ Outlaw on Twitter. And From the yard. On Twitter. And I'm also at Gourmet Goober on Instagram. Um, as always, we'd like to give a shout out, because um, I promise I would, to the great people at Daptone Records for our Thunder Chicken um, <laughs> opening theme song. So thank you for that. And as always, thank you for listening to the Gourmet Goober. We'll see you next time. Yeah. <laughs>